Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Brent Gromoski and Mike McGregor. Welcome to the Fantasy Bros Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Brent Gromoski, sitting here once again with Mike McGregor. You can find Mike over on Twitter at MikeMacFF, and you can follow me at Brent Gromoski. What's going on tonight, Mike? We are live from Mike's Man Cave. Yes, we are. That sounds weird. We're, we're, we're just in a room. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, today we're going to talk about some news and notes from week three. Uh, some stud plays that you know, are kind of underwhelming at this point of the year. and They're causing some worry for some fantasy owners. And we'll, you know, who our week four uh, starts of the week are. How's that sound, Mike? Let's do it. All right, perfect. So uh, lead us off with some news and notes. Oh, I get to start? Absolutely. All right. Uh, so since the last time we recorded, we got to talk about Antonio Brown. Uh, he's not playing football anymore. So he was released by the Patriots. And then, let's see, he said he's not playing football anymore, and I believe he's enrolled in college again. Central kind Michigan, a, am I right? Yep. Kind of a weird situation, but that's where we're at. I'm kind of glad. I hope this is the last week we ever have to talk about Antonio Brown. I doubt it, though. I highly, highly doubt it. So, all right, next little uh, bit of news is Cam Newton, unfortunately, is going to miss week uh, week four and probably in the next few weeks while they get him uh, 100% healthy. I think Coach Rivera came out and said th- th- they don't want to bring him back until they know that he's 100% ready to go. Yeah, it sounds like he's got a Liz Frank injury, and a lot of the times those can linger. You look at uh, – AJ Green and stuff like it, those those injuries can linger quite a bit and they don't want to throw Cam out there if he's not 100% healthy so we could see Kyle Lamb for quite a quite a long haul here which honestly I mean if you take away the two targets for DJ, DJ Moore everybody else on that offense seemed to benefit and DJ Moore had that long touchdown so fantasy owners were happy but if he can, uh, you know, connect on a couple of those passes to Curtis Samuel and maybe he has a couple more attempts at, you know, throughout the game as they get a little more comfortable with him, he might be a fantasy asset for, uh, for the weapons on that team. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yep. So uh, T.Y. Hilton is part of our next news. Unfortunately, it's another injury. He re-aggravated a quad uh, and he's questionable for week four. I don't know if he's going to try and tough it out or not. He's in the past. He's tried to play through injuries like this, but some of those soft tissue things—it's it, tough. Oh yeah, and at least you know he was nice enough to score someone a touchdown this week before he went out with the injury. So just just something to keep an eye on. We don't know a whole lot right now, or I haven't seen any news on it at least. So just keep an eye on it if you're a Ty owner. And once we get a little closer to till uh, Sunday, we'll we'll take a look at it. Yeah, so going back all the way to uh, since 2014, T.Y. has only missed two, three, five games total. So wow. he, he's a warrior. That's crazy. Yep. So, um, all right, so something that just happened, well, we, we saw it on Twitter, was it yesterday? Vance McDonald was, uh, he was saw wearing a sling. And it was kind of interesting because nobody had heard anything above it, you know, about it uh, after the game or anything like that. And then probably a half hour ago, would you say, Mike? Give or take a little bit, yeah. Yeah, we got an alert that said uh, the Steelers had traded for Seattle Seahawks tight end Nick Van Ness. So there must be something halfway serious happening with Vance McDonald where 
they're going to hold them out for at least this week. Uh, we don't know any more than that. And there hasn't been any official announcement, but I mean, I would have to assume he's not playing this week. Yeah, there's there's a good chance he's missing a handful of weeks. They, they traded a fifth round pick, I believe it was, for Vanette. So it's, once again, it's one of those things to keep an eye on as we get more news, but it doesn't sound too good for, for Vance McDonald owners. Right. Speaking of uh, fantasy owners, there was a big injury this week. Saquon Barkley went down with an ankle injury. The The docs are saying he's out, what was it, four to eight weeks? So That's the timetable that I saw, yeah. Yeah, it could, it could be the majority of the fantasy season, which really, really stinks for everyone, uh, unless you're playing against Saquon. But uh, Wayne Gallman is going to be a top waiver pickup this week. Mike, how do you feel about Wayne Gallman? I'm not a big Gallman fan. I do believe, I do that, believe he that he probably is the top pickup this week, unless there's someone that shouldn't be on your waiver wire. But yeah, it's just I don't know. I I personally don't think Gallman carries that much value. If Saquon, only reason he's so valuable is because he's a generational talent. Where Gallman, he's he's not going to do what Saquon does in that bad of an offense, which. Maybe that offense is better with Daniel Jones, but... The, the good thing for fantasy owners, especially if you're in a PPR league, I mean, Wayne Gallman can catch the ball. His rookie year, he caught 34 passes. So oh, sure. he just hasn't had the opportunity last year with Saquon being there and this year. Um, so, uh, again, he's not going to be a stud, but I think he'll be a playable asset that, you know, you can, you can throw in there and he'll get you 10 to 15 points a week. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm not huge on Gallman. But he definitely is probably the top waiver pickup this week. Absolutely. So, all right, we're going to get into a new segment here, Mike. Uh, it's called Sound the Alarm. And we're going to talk about a couple of players that you might have spent a, a, quite the draft capital on. You, you don't know if you should move on or try and trade them or wait it out or, you know, see what's going on. So... I've got a couple guys written down here that I'm going to ask you what your thoughts are on them, and we'll see uh, we'll see where it goes. Are you ready? As ready as I can be. All right. So first up is Minnesota Vikings wide receiver Stephon Diggs. How do you feel about Diggs? Are you keeping him? Trading him? What are you doing? I'm probably looking to trade him right now. That pass offense, it's not good. There's just not enough volume to sustain Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. It's, it's just tough right now. I, you spent such a high draft capital on Diggs, so it's tough to trade him for a fraction of the price that he was worth before week week one. Absolutely. So I'm trying to get anything I can for him right now, but if I can't get – enough value for him I'm probably just gonna hold him and hope he has a blow-up game and then try and trade him after that would but. you trade Stefan Diggs let me try and think of a couple names here would you trade him straight up you know this is all in a vacuum for Tyrell Williams I'd rather have Tyrell right now all right what about I'm trying to think who else has maybe had a little little dud action going on uh, would you trade for Golden Tate? Mm-hmm, that's a tough one. And Golden Tate, he suspended what this week, and then he's back. Correct. Okay. 
I would hate to trade it for a guy that's not playing right now, but honestly, I think I might take that for, for Golden Tate. It's It sounds kind of gross, but I think Golden Tate could do very well in that offense. I mean, it's just tough because, I mean, you look at Diggs' stats for the, for the year. This isn't for one blow-up week. He literally has 12 targets on the year. He has six catches, six catches for the year. Now, a couple of those have been bombs. You know, he, he's got a – what do we have here? Uh, in week two, we had one catch for 49 yards. Touchdown, right. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, I mean, you can't rely on that. And same thing goes for your teammate Adam Thielen, but at least Thielen is his cousin's first look. Exactly, yeah. But if I can, I'm trying to trade both of those guys right now, especially Thielen, who had a two-touchdown game, and one was a rushing touchdown, which you're not going to get normally, speaking that is. But I'm trying to trade him if I can. Absolutely. Yes, that's that's a 100% sound the alarm on Stephon Diggs. I agree. So, all right, moving on. How about wide receiver? We're going to stick with the NFC North here. Uh, Green Bay Packers, Devontae Adams. That's another tough one. Uh, this, this is kind of a weird year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is 100% healthy, but I don't think he's eclipsed 300 yards passing this year in a single game. And that is really hurting Devontae Adams. He's getting some decent targets. Uh, Last week was kind of rough. He only had four targets. Caught them all for 56 yards. But weeks one and two, he had eight and nine targets. And uh, week two, he did go over 100 yards. But he has failed the score this year, which if you look at 2018, that's all he did was score touchdowns. Like, you just assumed he was going to score that week. So it's kind of scary. I'm I'm going to sound the alarm on him. Yeah? I think so. Move on, huh? So uh, I'm not. Uh, Aaron Rodgers came out after the game on Sunday, and he said, we need to get Devontae more than four targets. You know, it just has to happen. So he got shut out in the second half. And I know Denver's secondary is, is, you know, probably top half in the league. But, I mean, he's your number one on Aaron Rodgers that offense. He's got to have close to double digits targets, you know, every week, So which he has not hit yet. I do think that offense is going to come around, and they really haven't had to throw the ball a ton this far in the season. So look for Aaron Rodgers to kick it up, which will then lead to Devonta Adams kicking it up. I actually hold on Adams right now. I just don't think that there's too many wide receivers that have his talent level with quarterback play with upside that, yeah. uh, that you could trade for. And don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm sounding the alarm, which means I'm worried for him. But I'm definitely not trading him right now because his value just isn't as where it should be. So I'm going to hold him for now as well, but I am going to sound the alarm. I, I know Aaron Rodgers said what he said about trying to get Adams more targets, but he also said in the offseason that he wants to get Jay Kubro and MBS and Geronimo Allison and said they're all great. And we're not getting that either. All right, so real quick. Are you worried more about Devontae Adams or Aaron Rodgers? I'm more worried about I'm more worried about Rodgers. It's just from what we've seen this year, it looks like they want to run the ball more, and that's not Aaron Rodgers' game. He's a he likes to run and gun, so I'm 
little bit more hesitant on Rodgers than I am Adams. Yeah, the one thing that stood out, I was taking a look at Aaron Rodgers' stats earlier, and the one thing that stood out besides the the yardage, because he's still throwing the ball probably on average 31 times a game, but he hasn't eclipsed 200. His high for the year is 235 yards. That's just so weird when you look at Aaron Rodgers' right. career. That wasn't even the stat that stood out to me. I mean, it was ugly, but, you know, that, that can come around. What stood out to me is – He's had week one against the Bears. He ran the ball three times for eight yards. Week two, one rush, no yards. Week three was probably a kneel down. It's one rush for negative one yards. So Aaron Rodgers used to be Josh Allen-esque. You know, he'd get you anywhere from 20 rushing yards to 50 rushing yards just on little rollouts. And that all helped with, you know, the fantasy points. You know, I mean, not to mention he used to throw for – Close to 400 yards. <laughs> right. That's the thing that scares me is that he hasn't thrown for more than 235 yards this season. And he's – I mean, he's had some hard matchups. But he does play against a weak Philly secondary right now. Uh, they just lost Darby last week against the Lions. So, I do expect Aaron Rodgers to have a very good game this Thursday. But I'm still pretty nervous about him going forward. Yep. So, all right, let's move on to another pair of teammates here. We'll, we'll group them together. We have James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster, both from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who are you – are you concerned about either one? And if so, who are you more concerned about? Uh, both and both. <laughs> James Conner, he's had a pretty rough goal of it this year. He has double-digit rush attempts. All three weeks, which is good, which you want to see. But he has, I think his best week was last week at 43 yards. He only has one rushing touchdown, which, you know, those might come a little later down the road. And he is getting some targets. But he just has not looked the same. And you could chalk that up to a number of things, whether it be Big Ben now, Antonio Brown not being there, backup quarterback Mason Rudolph. It could be a number of things. But – before the season started, I was pretty down on James Conner, and I should have stuck with my gut on that one. But now, I before the season started, I changed all my stats. You know, I watched some film on him, and he looked good. So I kind of reversed that, and I wish I would have stuck with my gut on that. So what sticks out to me is his 2.9 yards per carry. Yeah, that's gross. Right. Well, and the crazy thing is, we'll get back to Connor here, but I want to touch on this. So if you look at some of these top 12 running backs that were drafted outside of the big four in Dalvin Cup, right? So you have Joe Mixon, who's been god-awful. You have James Connor, who's been god-awful. You have, and and this this guy kind of came on late in the draft season, but Kerryon Johnson was being drafted as pretty much a top 12 running back. He's been god-awful. Uh, who, Damian Williams was up there in the top 12 to 15. He, he hasn't looked good. He's been hurt. So anybody that took those high-end running backs, you know, late first, early second round, it has not panned out for you outside of Dalvin Cook. Yeah, and Connor has had a pretty tough schedule for the most part. He does have – after their bye week, he does have a couple good games, and maybe that's when he'll kick it on. They played Miami week eight, Monday night. I expect him to dominate that game. Uh, but I, 
he just makes me nervous. And that whole watching that game last week with Mason Rudolph at quarterback, that offense just looked horrible. So, yeah, and I'm not quite as concerned about Juju. I think he's going to have enough targets that – I mean, he's a playmaker. He's going to get out in space. He's going to be able to – it's like Odell when he was with the Giants, right? Exactly, yeah. It wasn't the most talented offense, but you get Odell, you get Juju, you get those playmakers the ball, they get in space, they make a play, they score a 78-year touchdown or whatever it was on Sunday. Yeah, and Juju has that big playability, like you said. So He doesn't worry me as much, but – if you take away his 76-yard bomb that he had, or the run, I guess I should say, it wasn't much of a bomb. But other than that, he's had a pretty rough go of it, but the volume's there. So if he continues the volume, I expect a production to follow eventually. And he'll have to work up some rapport with uh, Mason Rudolph, the quarterback, and that will come too. So I'm not too panicked on Juju. But Connor, I'm definitely sounding the alarm on. Absolutely. So, all right, let's move on to an AFC quarterback who was, in my opinion, I believe yours as well, Mike, was being overdrafted in the offseason, uh, Baker Mayfield. So we, we loved his talent. We loved, you know, who the guy was as a person. He's just that, you know, that, that fireball of a quarterback that everybody loves to watch. Man, has he looked bad. That whole offense has looked bad, and I just don't understand. I think Nick Chubb has looked pretty good. Oh, Nick Chubb has looked good, but the passing offense has looked bad, and I just don't understand. They have so many weapons. Baker Mayfield is a very, very talented quarterback. But he just looks – I don't know if he's not confident in his offensive line, but every time he every play, he's taking the snap and he's running back and just – Throwing it away. Yeah, so last year as a rookie, he completed almost 63% of his passes. He's down to about 56% right now. So something's not right. His yards per attempt is, is real close. Um, it dropped a smidge, but he's still right around that 7.5 uh, yards per, per throw. And then, But his passer rating is just terrible. I mean, he's got three touchdowns on there. He's got five interceptions. Yeah, it- once again, it makes me nervous, but he does have a pretty decent second half schedule, especially going into like the later weeks, like the, your fantasy playoffs. So you could see him kick things up, and that offense is really good. I just something's not clicking, and they will figure that out. But going forward, I'm I'm not going to hit the panic alarm on Baker quite yet. I'm going to give it another week or two. But I, something's got to give. I don't know if it's the play calling, Freddie Kitchens. I don't know what's going on. But I do expect them to turn that around. Hey, when we get to our, our buy-sells in this next quick little segment, when we get to one of the quarterbacks, I'm going to ask you a question. I will not remember that, but go ahead. Okay. All right. I got gotcha. you. So one more quick sound the alarm in, oh, my gosh, were people panicking. Tight end from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, O.J. Howard, who when draft season was rolling around, him and Evan Ingram were kind of being drafted, you know, one side or the other one. So, the other, you know, Evan Ingram might go fourth, O.J. Howard fifth, or vice versa, but they were both, what do you think, top five, six rounds? Yeah. Yep. So, looking at O.J. Howard now, and I know you have him in a league or two, 
how are you feeling? Are you freaking out? Are you are you gonna try and sell and, and salvage any kind of asset for them? Or that's the problem is you can't really sell them right now because there's nothing to sell. Are you dropping them? But I can't drop them. I spent a fifth round pick on them. The dude is uber talented. I just I feel like I have to hold on to them and just hope and pray that they get it figured out in Tampa. OJ Howard. Oh yeah, would you drop OJ Howard? Not this week. But and not next week, but the following week for Chris Herndon. <laughs> I actually in the league one of the leagues I have OJ Howard in, I have already picked up Chris Herndon because I have been nervous about OJ Howard. And I knew I was gonna have to sit on Herndon for a while, but I wanted to make sure I have my tight end position set. If O Howard continues to do what he's been doing. OJ Howard or Eric Ebron? Oh gross. Uh Howard, I guess. Okay. Um, Hawkinson or O.J. Howard? Oh, man. As a Lions fan, I want to say Hawkinson, but I think he's only caught two passes the last two weeks after his big blow-up game one. All right, one more, one more. And I think if you found the guy who had this other tight end, I think he would have to consider doing this trade. Would you trade O.J. Howard for Greg Olson? Yes. As would I. So there's a couple guys that you, maybe you can look at just depending on how you value them. So let's get into a couple quick little buy sells before we jump into the starts of the week. So the here speaking of tight ends, I mean this guy has been absolutely killing it. Darren Waller for the Oakland Raiders. I mean I looked it up earlier and he was well here. Let me see if I still have the exact stats. But I believe he was the number one in targets and receptions. I don't doubt that. No, and then Kelsey had him in yards and, and I want to say touchdowns because Waller hasn't caught a touchdown. It's really the only downside for him. But, I mean, are, are you buying him as a top five tight end in PPR leagues? I think so. Uh, there's nothing to not like about him. Carr loves him. So he's just getting hyper-targeted. The touchdowns will come. But if he had 14 targets this week. He got 13 of them for 134 yards. Ridiculous. And he's been doing it all year. I mean, he's he's only caught, let's see. So week one, eight targets, seven catches. Week two, seven targets, six catches. So he's a very high catcher. Yeah, it's crazy. So, okay, so I found the set. So he's leading in receptions. He's number three for yards. And then obviously he hasn't caught a touchdown yet, but he's going to eventually. Somebody that's getting that much production, he's going to find that end zone. So would you buy him as a top five tight end? Yeah, I think so. I mean, okay, so outside of, you know, Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, and Engram, yeah, I, I think he's right open. there. I do like Mark Andrews a lot, but I the the targets scare me a little more than Darren Waller's safe floor. I would agree with that, yeah. And I own Andrews in a league, and he is phenomenal. I love Mark Andrews, but I like volume in fantasy football. And some weeks I don't think you're going to get that with Andrews, where Waller I think you're going to get a pretty consistent baseline every week. Absolutely. So, all right. So we are buying Darren Waller's top five tight end. Agreed. 
I agree. Perfect. All right, the next guy, another stud that has just been killing it, Keenan freaking Allen from the San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, good catch. Yeah, that was real close. But he has been a dominant force. Yeah, he's been the num- he's the number one receiver in fantasy right now. Are you buying him as a top three wide receiver? Absolutely. Look at his volume. He's had double-digit targets every single week, and it's gone up every single week. Oh, but he's injury-prone. I hate that about Keaton Allen. He had he tore his ACL, and I think he had a spleen injury. Yeah. How often do those happen? Right? No, I, I agree. I hate that label on Keenan Allen. Well, so you, you go back and look. His rookie year, which, I mean, maybe he was inactive, but he played 15 games. Next year, he played 14. Then he had the couple of injuries. Okay, so he, he missed half the season, 15, and then he tore his ACL. Oh, no, that was the spleen year. The whole year. 17, he came out, played 16 games. 18, he played 16 games. 19, just a monster out there so far. Yeah, Philip Rivers loves Keenan Allen. The The volume is just nuts right now. And they have Mike Williams to throw to. But other than that, it's all Keenan Allen. It's Rivers' first look every play. And I just don't see that changing. No, I mean, he's leading every receiving category except for touchdowns. And the only person that has more touchdowns is Julio Jones and Amari Cooper. Yeah. I am 100% buying Keenan Allen as a top three receiver right now. Absolutely. So, all right, moving on. How about it's another uh, wide receiver out of L.A.? We're going to move to the other side of town, though. We're going to go Cooper Cup. Are you buying him or selling him as a top 12 wide receiver? Top 12. I'm going to buy that based off the volume. And it's, it's kind of the same as Keenan Allen where golf just – focuses in on cup every play it seems like and he's his go-to guy and he had 10 targets nine targets and 12 targets and well this week he just went off 11 catches 102 yards two touchdowns and i'm pretty sure he carried me to victory over you in one of our matchups yes he did and i don't want to talk about it because i absolutely love cooper cup Fair enough. I do too. But I, I'm buying him as a top 12 receiver or top 10. Well, I don't know what you said. Yeah, top, top 12. But so he's currently, now this is only through three weeks, but he's currently number four in receptions. He's number nine in yards, which that's pretty impressive for a, a guy that catches a lot of short passes, right? And then he's got two touchdowns, which probably puts him in the top 20, I would say. Yeah. So safe floor. High ceiling, draft capital was great. I still think the general perception is Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, then Cooper Cup for some crazy reason. But I've always had Cooper Cup uh, ahead of both those guys. Cooper Cup is the best receiver on that team. Absolutely. So I think he's one of the better receivers in the league. He's just always open. He's kind of he kind of reminds me of Julian Edelman in that aspect where. Every time you see him get a pass thrown to him, he's just got a couple yard cushion of between any defender. Well, and as a quarterback, I mean, who doesn't love a safety blanket that, you know, defensive line is right in your face. You can whip it out there. You know, he's going to catch it. 
Exactly. And then he's got that big play potential too, which we've seen the last couple of weeks as well. Agreed. So, all right, we are on to our final buy sell. And this is what I want to do, have you remind me on what I remembered. So Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes. Okay. Are you buying him a streamable is the first question. Depending on the matchup. Yeah. This week, would you stream him? This week against Washington, absolutely. If I had to stream him, like if I had. Oh, no, I have one for you. Are you ready? Oh, hit me. Okay. Danny Dimes or Baker Mayfield against the Ravens? <laughs> That's interesting. I know. I think I play the upside of Daniel Jones, and that sounds gross saying it out loud. <laughs> But I'm taking the upside, and it's, I don't think Baker has that upside this week against right? Baltimore. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think that we're at that point with Baker and with, you know, and there's definitely some recency bias going on. We could both be completely wrong. And I don't know. I mean, if I had Baker Mayfield, I don't know if I could bench him for Danny Dimes, but I would have to consider it. Right. You have to. Right. Especially, I mean, if your team is – 0-3 oh, at this point, or 1-2, and two, and you need a win, I mean, go for it. Plug him in and see what happens. Exactly. And Washington's been pretty uh, terrible against the pass this year. So I do expect Daniel Jones to have a pretty good game. I just uh, – that is tough against over Baker, and it's hard to make that decision to actually start him, and I don't have to make that decision, thankfully. But I would be okay uh, starting – Daniel Jones over Baker Mayfield this week. You know who he, who he kind of reminds me of? And even the, the whole draft perception is Josh Allen from a year ago. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So when Josh Allen was drafted, people, they, they dissed him. They said he sucked. They said he was never going to be an NFL quarterback. Look at him now. Yeah, well, in, in, I mean, the Bills are 3-0. But for fantasy purposes, which is what we care about most on this podcast, Josh Allen, in my opinion, I mean, he's a top 12 quarterback. And what was the stat? Do you remember the stat at the end of last year? Was it his final, like, six games? Or He was the number one quarterback yeah. from, like, week 12 on or something. Right. And there's no reason that Daniel Jones can't do that with his mobility. He's, he's got an arm. He's accurate. He's got Golden Tate coming back. He's got Evan Ingram even down the scene. Sterling Shepard in the slot. So, I'm not calling for you to go to the top. I'm just saying, if you needed a plug and play one week, or maybe if you have a spot on your roster, you want to do a bench dash to see what you have. I, I think it's not the worst thing you can do. Yeah, people forget that he's actually got some a decent set of legs. That sounds weird. He's got he's a good runner. He's a good runner. <laughs> Those sexy Daniel Jones legs. <laughs> so he is a good runner, and people forget that. And running quarterbacks that can still pass are golden fantasy. And I'm not saying Daniel Jones is going to be a top ten quarterback by any means. Could be, but I'm not going to say that. But he is streamable, in my opinion. He looked, he passed the eye test for me, and we'll see what he does against Washington this week. I'm sure those legs passed an eye test for you too, huh? Maybe. <laughs> so, all right, let's get into our final segment here. Let's get into our week four starts of the week. Uh, Mike, lead us off. I love this pick. Yeah, so my start of the week, and hopefully you've started him every week because he's been crushing it. And that is rookie receiver Terry McLaurin. Last, he uh, just played Monday night against the Bears. 
and call it garbage time if you want, but it still counts. He was the first player in NFL history with at least five catches and one touchdown in the first first three career starts. That's insane. There's a lot of good players in NFL history if, if you look at the, the records. But Terry McLaurin has been balling out. I don't know. I picked, I picked him up, him up in one of my leagues, and, and I am very receiver needy. So he is going to be my starter every week. But he's had at least five catches. He had six catches last night, 70 yards, touchdown every week. He's just reliable. And you look at uh, the Giants' pass defense, it's a bottom five pass defense. And I was looking today, and uh, Brad Evans from Yahoo, uh, he was had a stat about Janoris Jenkins, who got lit up by Mike Evans this week. He is giving up, Janoris Jenkins, that is, is giving up an 140.2 passer rate. That's gross. Yeah. Yep. So light up Terry McLaurin. He's been solid and safe every single week this year. And I think you can continue to start him. Fun fact about Terry McLaurin, he is second in the league right now in yards per reception with a minimum of 15 catches. Nice. Can you think of who might be ahead of him? This is another surprise this year. Hmm. Speedster, second-year player. Second-year player? AFC. I got nothing. There's a children's song that people make fun of his last name. DJ Shark. DJ Shark. Do, 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 do. Yep. That's enough. Yep, that's right. So, so yeah, yeah, so, so he, McLaurin is averaging a, in a very impressive 16.1 yards per reception, especially with a Case Keenum-led offense. Yeah. I mean, Keenum's typically a short slant guy, you know. He favors those slot receivers. Uh, but DJ Shark is averaging 18.5 yards per catch. Wow. I'm telling you, Gardner Minshew, real deal. That mustache. (laughs) All right. So my start of the week is going to be – and really it could be anybody on this offense. I just happen to pick one. Uh, Mike Williams from the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Miami Dolphins. And it might seem like I'm picking on the Miami Dolphins a little bit. It's because I am. That's fair. Oh, absolutely. So Miami is allowing a league high 10 receiving touchdowns so far. Okay. That's more than three per game. So wrap your head around that for a minute. Rivers, Phil Rivers, his quarterback, has looked for Williams in the red zone three times in the last two weeks within the 15-yard line. So he's obviously the red zone target since Hunter Henry, uh, you know, had the injury. And then also the Dolphins traded Minka last week, Fitzpatrick, which is one of their best safeties in the entire league, uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Williams is one of their deep threats. Did I hear something that Travis Benjamin might not be playing? I have not seen that, but I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, yeah. So, so if, if Benjamin's, Benjamin's out – I mean, Mike Mike Williams Williams is really – because Keenan Allen is more of a 15 yards and in guy. He'll catch an occasional bomb, but he's not really considered a deep threat, right? So Mike Williams is going to be doing those streaks. He's going to be doing those ones, just running, running, running. He's he's going to have a huge game. 
and, and the Chargers are going to win 100 to nothing. But I mean, you light them all up. Light up Austin Eckler. Light up Justin Jackson if you're in a pickle. Light up Keenan Allen, obviously. Philip Rivers, Mike Williams. Am I missing anybody? If you have anybody else up there, just throw them in there. They'll, they'll get at least 10 points. More than likely. <laughs> but yeah, I could see Mike Williams having one of those games where, like you look at last year where Tyrell Williams had those just massive blow-up games. I could see that from Mike Williams this week for sure. Oh, absolutely. Right. So, um, all right, Mike, do you have anything else for today? Uh, not that I can think of. Perfect. Well, that does it for this show. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Bros Fantasy Football Podcast. Remember to check out our website at FantasyBrosFF.com and follow us on Twitter at FantasyBrosFF.